Brad and Glenda Pius. Thank you so much for sewing into Morning Drive Bible. Without your commitment and support, this initiative couldn't come to fruition. Good morning from Jerusalem. My name is David Kretman. My name is Scott Kahn. And welcome to Morning Drive Bible. Scott, you know that my calling is in Jewish-Christian relations. I do. And you also know that I went to Oral Roberts University. Yes, you're an academic as well. I'm an academic. I learned these amazing theological concepts. More than the academic concepts that I learned in the classroom was being inspired by my colleagues in the classroom of their desire to have an intimate relationship with God and Hmm. expressing it in a way that was very profound. So there's one thing about learning the theology, but it's another thing of seeing someone go through the challenges, the desire to overcome the challenges simply to have a relationship with God. Many Jewish teachers have taught that more important than what the teacher teaches is watching the teacher in action. In fact, in ancient Jewish literature, the Talmud, learning Talmud itself is often referred to as serving scholars. Serving scholars, meaning watching them in action, seeing the ideals that are theoretical on the page put into practical action, that's the ultimate form of learning. That's what you mean, I think. I do. My thesis advisor was Dr. Brad Young. Dr. Brad Young is a very unique individual. He came here in the 1970s. He went to Hebrew University. He mastered the Hebrew language, not only modern-day Hebrew, but Bible and Mishnah and Talmudic Hebrew. The gamut of Jewish literature. He can quote a Tosefta, now this is like Jewish tradition, in its original language. And I couldn't get away with anything in my papers with him because he knew the original source and he quoted it to me. But I bet more impressive than his being able to quote the source was the person that he was. Indeed. When he walked into the classroom, he would sing, Ta'amu re'u kitov Hashem. Taste and see that God is good. And he did it with a smile. And he walked in with a cart of books, different Bibles, different academic publications. But when he walked in, the joy of his walk with God was incredible. Palpable, I'm sure. Yes. That leads directly to what we're going to talk about today, which was the next scene after Moses' arguments to God, after the sin of the golden calf. Moses had three slash four prayers and arguments to God asking that God not destroy the people of Israel, and that section concludes with God repented of the evil he was going to do to the people. Then Moses descends the mountain, sees the people doing exactly what God had told him they were doing. He gets extremely angry and throws the tablets of the law and destroys them. And the question is, how could this happen? He already knew what was going to happen. He already secured God's forgiveness. I would even say further, Why don't you take your own arguments that you said to God, put it on yourself, keep the tablets, and give it over to the people? So, David, I have three answers to that question. The first of which relates directly to what you just said about Professor Brad Young, which is that it's one thing for Moses to discuss the people of Israel doing something wrong in the abstract, in theory, to see it with your own eyes, to watch the people violating everything you hold dear is an entirely different sort of experience. In this case, obviously, an entirely different negative experience. Actually watching the people committing idol worship 40 days after the Torah was given at the great Sinaitic Epiphany. How could this possibly happen, seeing that Moses' own arguments were not even relevant anymore? He had an emotional reaction. That's one possibility. 
The other two possibilities are related, which is that even though God forgave the people of Israel in the sense of he wasn't going to destroy them, it doesn't mean that their relationship has truly been healed. All that we know is that God repented of what he was going to do. Does that mean, however, that God now is back on great terms with Israel? Presumably not. And therefore, Moses specifically threw down the commandments, the tablets of the law, almost to defend the people of Israel. These Ten Commandments say in them, you shall have no other gods before me. You should not create an idol. And the people had violated that. By Moses throwing down the tablets, he's almost saying, let's have a do-over. This isn't here. We're going to start fresh. Because by giving them the tablets, they are now in violation of every single mandate given to them. But if they don't have the tablets, there could be an argument that perhaps this relationship were never fully consummated in that way with this as the rule. And the third answer is the same, but from a different perspective. There is an old Jewish tradition that it's not so much that Moses threw down the tablets as that the tablets became extremely heavy and he dropped them because they were so heavy. In this scenario, it's the same thing. But it's not Moses protecting the people, it's God himself protecting the people, saying, you know what, we need a do-over. This hasn't happened. You have not yet received the tablets, therefore they're not truly binding, and we can start fresh. I'm David Nekretman. I'm Scott Kahn. And blessings from Jerusalem.